Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spoken Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga of SmokinTobacco.com. And we are here. We're back from TPE. Well, Mitchell had a week off. He didn't go to TPE, um, but I did, as well as Nicole, um, doing her final trade show run for the year um, due to unrelated events. And uh, <laughs> and uh, how about that? And uh, <laughs> and uh, but no, but we're back. We had a we had a great trade show, um, busy trade show. We we got just about everything we we wanted with you know what was available. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't a wasn't a big showy trade show. There wasn't a lot of new stuff. There wasn't a lot of flash. You know, it's not like PCA. PCA is a is a, is a big rollout trade show. Um, so, you know, it was not product heavy. It was definitely not product heavy. Yeah. So, I mean, we were able to get what we needed, um, rather easily. And I'd say somewhat quick, the last day, to be honest with you, was a pretty easy day. Um, you know, to, to be fair, it was, uh, it was not a, it was not a, uh, stressful, stressful day. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the, one videos of the, are, your videos are popping up and they're looking good so far though. Yeah, no, thanks. It's uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, we saw a lot of great people. Met with a lot of great people. You can check them out on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're trying to share them out on social media and everywhere too. So uh, just keep an eye out for them. They're they're out there. Uh, a lot of great interviews. But uh, one of the interviews that we didn't get, um, which in hindsight actually would have been nice, but it really, I don't want to say it was unnecessary, but it would have been kind of. Um, you know, redundant redundant yeah redundant considering that uh this person is on the show with us tonight it was justin andrews we i can't tell you how many times i went to the general booth and justin was just so busy they had a, a, a massive show so uh, which is great for them you know they you're doing a lot of business you're meeting with a lot of people and you know so and so forth uh so great for them uh but he was he was slammed the whole time but i'm very thankful that we have him here tonight uh to get actually what ended up being you know a longer interview uh by being on the show uh, so we're going to pick his brain on a couple of things. We're going to talk about, you know, some, some fun stuff that he's worked on. We'll talk about some of the brands he's worked with, Diesel. We'll talk some flavored cigars. We're going to talk about the Alec Bradley sale with STG, so don't worry. Um, now that the deal is officially closed, Justin can probably give us a little bit more insight than back at the trade show. So uh, without further ado, let's bring him on. It's Justin Andrews from STG. There he is. Justin, how are you? What's going on, boys? Oh, uh, you know, How's it going just, just uh, uh, you like... know, everything's been pretty normal, kind of quiet. Uh, <laughs> not a whole lot happening these days, so it's been pretty peaceful, as you can imagine. It's, it's funny because uh, you know, you, 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 it's, it's, it's just seemed like such a busy time for kind of everybody involved here. But uh, you know what they say: the busier you are, the easier it is. Uh, the easier it's going, right? Um, no, they don't. I just made that up. Uh, but no, no, Justin and I were both in, in Las Vegas last week for TPE. Um, Mitchell is up in the great white North up in Canada. So, um, really, you know, kind of quiet up there, I guess. Right, Mitchell, other than all the snow, all the snow. part of the reason why, unfortunately, no cigar tonight is tons of snow and, uh, the inability to get babysitters. <laughs> 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Justin, we uh, I was just saying before the show, uh, we didn't get an interview with with you at the trade show, and I know we came by the booth a hundred times, um, but it worked out because you're here tonight. So I get to ask you even more stuff tonight because now I get more time with you. Um, so this is great. Uh, and as you know, there's definitely a lot of things on the table. <laughs> oh, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh man, I felt terrible that we kept missing each other. I think the first, the first time I saw you, I just, I landed. I went straight to an appointment. Uh, I think you and me met at, at the same time as I was just getting to the booth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then it was off to the races. Obviously, given you know all of the things that had happened. Uh, that same day and then actually one of the pretty quiet refs, day yeah one of, <laughs> one of my refs jared from uh, jared bioka from from california i think it was like day three maybe it was the last day i went by and he was like uh matt from tobacco or matthew tobacco's been here looking for you for or asking about you a lot <laughs> and i was like well i was like no i kept telling him i'd be here at a certain time and then inevitably something would come up and uh and yeah but i I didn't feel as bad when I knew we'd be sitting down here for for a little bit of a longer format kind of oh, chat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and uh, it's going to be a good show. Um, one of the things I wanted to do first is our obviously our our cigars of the night, which are brought to you by twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two guyscigars.com. You can head over to twoguyscigars.com today for one of the widest and best selections of cigars in the industry, including cigars from STG and uh, General Forged and all their brands that they carry. Um, and that's at the number two, GuyCigars.com. So, Justin, as our guest, what are you smoking tonight? I am enjoying my latest TA exclusive, Diesel Atonement. Oh, it's a great cigar. Yep. So it's uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, well, I should I should clarify that. It's one of my favorite blends that, that AJ and I have ever developed. And uh, unfortunately, with most of these, you know, quote, favorite blends, there's not a whole lot of tobacco to produce them. So when I found out uh, TA was only looking for a thousand boxes, um, it was kind of easy to tee this one up for that launch. So, yeah. So I'm I'm happy that everybody has been enjoying it so far. I've, I've got one sitting in my humidor. I uh, can't wait to try it. It was actually what I had on the docket for lighting up tonight. But uh, did I send that yeah. to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I did. Oh, I didn't think I did. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have it. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm glad because that was good. You know, it was funny. We, we were talking a lot about the TAA releases that come out, and there wasn't a lot of them that really wowed me. And to be honest with you, the only ones that really did were that one, the Atonement, LFDs, and Pete Johnson's Tatuaje. The others, I mean. I wasn't too excited. I mean, those three were the only three that I was like, wow, these are so memorable. Um, you know, and there's a couple I forgot. I don't even, you know, remember every single one that was made. I know I smoked a good amount of them, and a lot of them were disappointed. But those three, I mean, you know, the Diesel, the, the LFD, and the Tatuai, like the only – and and have been cons- – at, at least the LFD uh, – I'm sorry, and the Tatuai, I mean, Pete's kind of created a staple with that, you know, for being known – is one of his yeah. things he's known for with his TAA. But, I mean, those three cigars, I mean, are usually pretty consistent um, across the board. So uh, not really a huge surprise, but just continued, you know, just 
just great. Just uh, just so memorable cigars. You just want to keep picking up and smoking. You want to buy the box. I mean, those are those are box those are box worthy releases. I mean, I just fantastic. Um, so really, just happy to see those out there. I think if you, if you look over the the history of the TA organization, Pete's probably done the best job of of creating you know really good products for that exclusive launch. I remember. Right. I mean, 10, 12, probably 15 years ago, when I never even thought about <laughs> making a cigar for the TA, I was, I was chasing down Tatuaje TA, and also, obviously, Lido at, at La Flor. I mean, so, so good choices there, because those two, through, the, through the, my time in the industry, those are the two TA launches that typically get the most chatter, mm-hmm. I think, is, is whatever uh, Tatuaje and La Flor comes out with people usually seek out. The um, oh, and I'm smoking. Sorry, I know Mitchell is not smoking tonight, but I am smoking the Diesel Esteli Puro, which is a great cigar, one of my favorites. Nice, very. Yeah, I've just got a a little pour. I've already gotten into this of some my favorite, one of my favorite distilleries, Wild Turkey, and this is the rare breed going high proof tonight, boys. Mm. Good man, good man. One of one of my favorite distilleries, also. Yeah, I I love. Love wild turkey. The Russell's reserves are, are really good too. They come yep. out of there. It's so so good. I've grabbed a couple of picks from a couple of local liquor stores over the years, and they're they're just delicious. Great. I find some of the store picks on those Russells are can be really oh, really yeah. strong. Oh yeah. And if oh. you ever find any of the the Masters Keep uh, out in the wild, those are definitely worth the uh, the price there. I've got a, yeah. I've got a few of them. Uh, the sherry cask, a rye, uh, cask strength, but but yeah, I'm a big wild turkey guy. I, I, I love just about everything they put out there. We do we do get the 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 masters keep out here, but it definitely pays a pretty penny with uh with our taxes and stuff like that. And they're released uh, I think once or twice a year here. We have like allocations because we have a controlled liquor board. But uh, yeah, another another under the radar wild turkey that I find is just amazing is the Kentucky Spirit single barrel. Oh yeah! Like, oh my God, it's just the the flavor profile is just amazing. I love that. I've got. Uh, I just cracked open a bottle of uh, Smoke Wagon. Oh, oh nice! The, uh, so good. The uncut, unfiltered. I got yeah, a couple so of those. Those are great. Been a, been a big fan of what they're doing recently. Yep. Really, really good stuff. That and the small batch. I mean, I, 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 I every time I'm in Vegas, I grab a couple bottles. Um, <laughs> Because it's, I mean, it's 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 relatively easy to find there. I mean, that's where it's ultimately bottled and, and made. But uh, and we don't really have it up here in the Northeast. So um, whenever I'm in town, I, I try to grab a couple bottles because it, it is so good. Uh, and it's not too expensive either. It's usually like thirty bucks, thirty-two bucks. Um, it's not breaking the bank. And uh, if you look hard enough, you can find it. Um, tonight we're also going to cut and light our cigars with Cigar Blondie accessories. Cigar Blondie accessories. Known for their amazing quality, are available in three finishes, black, white, and this beautiful chrome, featuring the double guillotine cutter that I have right here. Very strong, very sharp, as well as their slim, sleek lighter with their signature blade flame, which is right here. And you can get those at CigarBlondie.com. All righty. And uh, Shadow One is here. Oh, boy. (laughs) Good times are going to be had. Here we go. 
Shadow One is here. Here we go. Okay. Good times. Very good. You're gonna be had. Oh god. Sponge Shadow. Bath. Did you guys? Did you guys ever watch the uh, the car show? Um, shit. What was it called? It was a British show. Top Top Gear. Did you guys Top ever Gear. watch Top Gear? I have. Yeah. Okay. So you you know they they called him the Stig. He was the guy who did who set the pace for all of the lap times before the celebrities got on. And they kept his identity uh, hidden for years. And I was telling uh, my my cohort, uh, Boofy, I was like, who is, who is Shadow One? Who, who is the guy responsible uh, for this? So I think there's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a debate there as to who's behind that account. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. Think it's, I don't think it's Boofy because he doesn't, he doesn't have enough time, nor is he probably as, as well-versed in the – the social media games that Shadow Shadow One plays, but it's I, I was like, this dude's like the Stig, bro. Everybody's trying to figure out who this guy is. I had a I had a conspiracy for a long time that it was Nikki, and he swears it's not. And I'm like, and then sometimes I believe him, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't know. You know what's the funny part? If it is Boofy, he'd have to be semi psychotic because he always replies to himself. Yeah, no, it's definitely like, not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not definitely not but i will say this i just thought about this uh next time matt has a, a, a contract re-up i'm gonna make sure it's in the, the, in the, fine the fine print print. There that the uh the the shadow shadow one uh identity must be revealed in order to renew his contract so we'll see it's a, it's a liability liability <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because Matt texted me at 4.30 this afternoon, and he said, what time is your nonsense this evening? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, and yet he's not here. So uh, I, I'm i going to send him the link as a reminder. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, this came up earlier today on so Smoke and Tobacco social media page. I was very busy and preoccupied today, so I didn't really have a chance to, to join in on the fun. But I saw the notifications popping up uh, on my phone throughout the day, and I'm just like, what is going on here? Uh, and then, you know, poor Justin got dragged into it, and uh, Mitchell was having some fun with it. So, um, you know, it, and now here we are. We And I said to Matt last week at the trade show, I'm like, can we talk about the fact that Shadow One, whoever that is, uh, keeps asking me about this topic, and he just gave me that. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going to help me, are you? And then he's like, let's take a photo, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're moving on. So um, that's that's where I, that's where I'm at. Uh, but you know, speaking of Room 101, Justin, we can, we, I guess, since we're here, we might as well talk about this. Last year, STG acquired Room 101 Cigars, um, and which has so far been a very successful venture, it, it so it would seem. Um, tell us about that. I know that you've worked with Matt on a couple other projects, such as the Listados Deluxe and the Sancho Panza. So uh, just tell us a little bit about that kind of relationship and how it's maybe kind of changed uh, STG and kind of what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, Matt and I were just having a conversation the other day because we both – we both got into the industry in 2009, which feels like a lifetime ago. And uh, funny enough, my brand at the time, uh, you know, as any new brand, we're not, we weren't large enough to really go do events or, or festivals. And in 2011, we started gaining enough traction 
and and had enough capital to to start going and participating in some of these national events. And one of the first events I did was a thing called the Seattle Seattle Cigar Festival. And the two people that I'm the first two people that I ever met at any of these type of events, and really one of the first handful of people that I met in the industry was Matt Booth, and uh, now president of Davidoff Dylan Austin. And this is back when when Dylan was with uh, Camacho, and Matt was uh, was working for Davidoff. So Matt and I go way way back, and uh, as 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 this you know kid from North Carolina who nobody knew and was new to the industry, Matt was always uh, was always nice and and generous with his time. So so yeah. So that being said, I have I have a lot of admiration uh, for Matt and. Uh, Working with him on the two projects, Sancho Panza, Los Stados, really kickstarted uh, his introduction to our company, and which ultimately led to the acquisition. So, so yeah, I lost uh, about two years of my life uh, dealing with, uh, with with Matt legal and the whole process of that. Matt got a Matt got a really nice payday, so you know it worked out. It worked out for him a little more than it worked out for me, but we. Uh, it's been great, man. He and I are kindred spirits. Um, I don't think when most people think of STG and General Cigar that they they picture guys like Matt Booth and myself. But that's a you know that's a good thing depending on on how you see things, I guess. But uh, it, it's to me, it's just been great. Like imagine getting to work with one of your one of your best friends, and then all of a sudden you and your best friend become you know coworkers. So. It's been a blast. We've had a lot of fun. I think we've given our executive board and our leadership team a, a few extra gray hairs, probably. <laughs> but it's been it's been fun for me and Boofy. Yeah, it would it would seem so, and um, it was exciting to see uh, it was exciting to see you all at TPE last week, and everything you guys have going on. One of the interesting things um, that I know. W- has talked about is Matt has been uh, adamant about, you know, and I know he's still kind of, it, I think his official title is the creative director of room one one under the STG umbrella. So he's That's still, correct. so he's still kind of oversees the direction of the brand. And I know one of the things was, you know, STG, I mean, you guys make cigars yourselves. I know that there's other factories that you guys make cigars with too. You know, like the cigar that I'm smoking, I know is made with AJ. Um, but Matt was really adamant about, you know, keeping them at the factories that were, you know, before the buyout and keeping the consistency. Um, do, do things like, do things like that maybe change over time or, or, or is that something that maybe is going to continue to stay? Um, so that way the, I don't want to use the word fear, but like you know, the fear of, you know, interrupting the recipe as maybe Matt would say, uh, on sure. those blends, uh, or is it something that over time you guys would still maybe try to transition into different factories with this brand and and so, with and with other brands that you know have you have acquired which we will get into later. So so Matt does have complete control creatively, um, both from design aesthetics, uh, direction of the brand, and also the the cigars as well. So I want I want to be very clear on that. That that was a you know again people fans of, of Matt and his brand were, were rightly so were a little uh, kind of curious or, or maybe even uh, you know cautious to, to, to think about hey how does this how does this affect the brand so 
one of the one of the key things and one of the things I, I think we got right was was retaining Matt as the creative director. And when you see a brand come out, like if there's a new brand or or even relaunching of an existing brand or anniversary, I mean, that is completely under the direction of Matt Booth. And I think we've proven over the last year that Matt continues to work with factories that he worked with prior to us. Now we're, we're or prior to the acquisition. Where Matt and I cross paths is is one of my one of my roles with STG is working with all of our third party manufacturers. So I've been making cigars at a lot of other factories outside of the STG factories as well. So so that that was really a, a seamless transition for us because a lot of the factories that Matt worked with, we already had relationships with AJ Fernandez, Oliva, uh, Hoya. I mean, uh, 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 my, it's been, it's been, it's been a long day, but my buddy Weaver and oh, Ventura, you know, we make cigars of Ventura. So does Matt. So no. So, so yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I've been, I, I'm happy that we've proven that we, we haven't, uh, we haven't fucked with the sauce to say, right. Yeah. So, so what, <laughs> what, what got Matt the gravy. Yeah. The gravy act. Yeah. That actually, <laughs> no, that would, that would have been more on brand for me to say gravy. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, you know, I, I think Matt's Matt's happy, and and we're certainly happy. Um, and yeah, he's still getting to do cool, disruptive shit, and uh, that's that's what we want. Absolutely, and it just it's so fun to watch. It's fun, you know, from the outside, you know, to to watch and and just enjoy as the as the story continues to be told. And uh, this is where I'll kind of transition to the next part is, you know, now with the news last week that you guys have now acquired Alec Bradley, another brand, which, you know, many it's a, a fan favorite. Many of us enjoy. Um, and it's exciting to to see like, oh, and I, I'll be honest with you. I, some people were like, yeah, I saw this coming and maybe they've been around a long time. Maybe they know things. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I was shocked. And I know a lot of people are like, wow, like, wow, just wow. Um, we caught Bradley right away. First thing, first day, hours after that story broke, and um, a lot of enthusiasm for sure. Uh, but he couldn't tell us much at the time because I know the deal was still pending. But uh, another brand that you guys have acquired. Um, now, in terms of that deal, I feel like that one was a little bit more substantial of a buyout. Tell us a little bit about I know you guys kind of released some information today, but uh, w what is the plan for the Alec Bradley acquisition kind of moving forward. So, so you're assuming we didn't pay 72 million for, uh, for room one one. Is it, is, is that what I'm getting? Well, I, I mean, I, with all fairness to, I mean, I don't know, Matt, Matt won't tell anybody what you guys gave him and, and that's his, that's his choice, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just assuming, <laughs> I'm just assuming maybe it wasn't that much. I know he got taken care of, but I don't know how much it was. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, uh, the, uh, the press release that came out that included that number um, definitely saved me a lot of heartache because that was the big question every, you know, after every acquisition. That's usually the first question. How much did you guys pay for? And of course, I, I'm not going to disclose that. So when, it, when it's printed out there, it, uh, it, it saves me a lot of questions. But, uh, but yeah, so, so I mean... Here's the thing. I've, I had a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, we saw this coming a mile away. And, and you know, it's a little easy hindsight. You know, it's a little easy for everybody to uh, 
to come out and say that. I, I do think it was a surprise to most people, um, which is which is good. But uh, a lot a lot to unpack here with this, right? So on on a personal level, uh, I call Alan Rubin the uh, the boutique whisperer because whether it's Matt Booth or countless others, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard Alan Rubin is a mentor of mine or I'm going to run this by Alan. So it's amazing. Uh, I think it's it's a testament to the character that he has, that he's taken a lot of these younger guys under his wing and kind of provided some guidance and some advice that I'm sure he learned the hard way. So I think, and, and I think it was easy to, to see that when you see the, Cigar Aficionado press release, the half press release, the majority of the comments were good for Alan, happy for Alan. Congratulations, Alan. Because again, for someone that's been in this industry 30 plus years and built up a brand the way he did, um, and then ultimately sell it, I think that's that's about as American as a dream can be. You know, there, there's always some detractors, you know, that, that have some issue. But again, I think the three of us and probably the majority of your your, the, your viewers, if given the opportunity to build something with your name and your legacy for your family, and then ultimately sell that uh, to a company that you believe in, to a company that you know will, will be great caretakers of the brand, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like a dream come true, you know. I mean, it's uh, especially for them. I mean, they get paid and they get, you know, they get taken care of. But, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Congratulations oh, go ahead, go ahead. to STG as well. You know, it's like congratulations grabbing such a prolific brand. I feel like Alec Bradley for the last year or two has been debated on that borderline of like, are they going to transition into like one of these huge brands? And now being part of STG, it's a no brainer. They're now part of this, you know, this, this big thing. They are a big name now. They're, they've gone from the, base feeling of boutique to now being like the the upper echelon of boutique almost into you know big name you know so absolutely and and again this isn't you know it's not taking my word for things but if you uh if you look at the press release and you see the information i mean they were a very well established company right they had a lot of guys they oh you still there we got him loud and clear. Did he just say he think he, lo he lost us? Mitchell, do I got you? No, I'm here. All right. Justin, we got you? Strange, because I don't know about you, Mitchell, but on my end, he's coming through loud and clear. And we lost oh, yeah, him. I can see him and hear him, yeah. It must be It must be something on his end. He'll, he'll probably Maybe his headphones him. died. Yeah, his headphones might have died. Let's, uh, let's, let's check him out. Let's bring him back in here. Justin, we got you? All right. Yeah, I still have signal, so I guess that was a little drop on my end. Ah, it was um, strange because you were still coming okay. in loud and clear. We heard everything you just said, just oh. so you know. Oh, we, okay. Yeah, so, we, yeah. yeah, you're good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, I mean, so you I mean, you know, the, the proof's in the black and white there. You, you see the, the cigars, the amount of cigars they sold. I mean, this, this you know, this brand is, uh, is, is, is one of the biggest privately held brands uh, in the world and yeah. in our companies go back. I mean, I've been making cigars for Alec Bradley for quite some time out of our factory in Honduras. A lot of the stuff that, uh, that we do for the internet catalog channel, they've also in turn made cigars for us. So, so again, it's, um, 
it, it, everything just kind of worked out the way that it should. And our, our, our companies were very familiar with each other uh, kind of before this process started. So again, we, we are extremely excited. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Bradley and, and Alec came along with the deal, but that's another, <laughs> I'm, I'm only kidding. Obviously there's, obviously there's, uh, there's lots of love. No. So we, you know, being, being, uh, well, they're young, but maybe not the mustache. But, yeah. But, <laughs> well, I think that's going away uh, yeah. in, a, in a week or two, but, uh, exactly. but yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. You know, I, I'm always humbled because, uh, you know, it, it took me 15 years in this industry to get a cigar in the top 25. And and that was because I made it with Eric Espinosa and, and Bradley and Alec, I think, have two top tens in the last three or four years. So so I, I always give them a hard time about that. But uh, but man, they're great. I mean, they're a great family. They they you know, again, generational knowledge of, of this industry and, and making cigars. So I'm I'm ecstatic. Well, since we're on this, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the news very quickly because this uh, this is our, our news topic. So uh, I'm gonna do this, and we'll come right back, and we'll get back to the show. Um, but our uh, our news segment this week is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador. And while you're at it, head over to McAuliffe, uh, the McAuliffe Ambassadors Facebook group, where you can hang out and smoke smoke and socialize with all of your fellow ambassadors and. While you're on McAuliffeCigars.com, it is officially McAuliffe March Madness uh, or McAuliffe Madness. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's March McAuliffe Madness. Head over and fill out your McAuliffe bracket today. For those who are not familiar, this is a March Madness-style bracket that determines the uh, most popular McAuliffe cigar. Um, and it, it's it's a lot of fun. You can fill it out based on how you think your cig- McAuliffe cigars, your favorites are going to rank and all that. But if you head over to their website, you can fill that out today. And um, <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, those brackets are always super fun to fill out. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, so basically, you know, in the news, you know, we, we were just talking about it. But, you know, Alec, th- and this you can read on SmokingTobacco.com. But um, Scandinavian Tobacco Group officially uh, finalized their purchase of <clears throat> Alec Bradley and uh, has defined the roles for certain people who are going to be involved, um, such as the Rubin family, um, kind of what their plans are for the brand and staffing and this and that and kind of who's going to do what and how things are going to happen. So head over to SmokingTobacco.com and you can read all about it on the website. I know this is a hot one. This is probably going to be the hottest story of the month. So uh, that's where you can read more about it. And let's bring Justin back on here. I don't want to leave him out in the out in the wind for too long. There he is, looking as good well, as at ever. Least, at, least I, at least I'm not in Canada. Good Lord. That'd I know, nice. right? Okay. Jesus. What's going on up there? Um, the storms. Justin, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, you know, one of the things that's been in the news a lot lately, especially outside of acquisitions with STG, is uh, you guys have been kind of going back and forth with Habanos, with the Cohiba trademark. Uh, and I know that that's been kind of a, a topic. I, I, a question that someone actually brought up the other day, and maybe you can speak to this. Um, as time goes on, and obviously nobody knows what's going to happen with the Cuban embargo and all that. But as time goes on, um, is, is there a is there and and even even if it doesn't or whatever, um, is, is there a concern that hey someday this could end? They win all their trademarks back, and all of these brands that we use are now useless to us. And so you guys have started to kind of prepare for the future by replacing those brands or being able to replace those brands 
further down the road? Good question. So, so I, a, a couple of things here. Um, we have been in a lawsuit with Cuba uh, for for longer than I've been in this industry, and and I've been in this industry for almost fifteen years now. the The reason that I think there's now some light uh, has been shed upon this is because this is the first time that Half Will has covered a a result of of one of the many lawsuits that we've, we've been a part of. So uh, we're not out there pulling Cohiba off the shelves. It's, it's still our brand in the U.S. And so that being said, uh, that is the only brand that, you know, there's ever been a, a, a press release regarding an outcome of a lawsuit. So all the other Cuban equity brands we own, uh, we, well, we own every brand that we distribute. And as a publicly traded company, obviously we couldn't sell something um, that, that we don't have ownership of. So for me, there's, there's no concern there. I've seen some of the, some of the, some of the posts and some of the, some of the links and the chatter. And, and I will tell you that, uh, they're misguided, uh, at best. Uh, so no, I mean, again, I'm, I mean, who knows what the future holds, who knows, uh, you know, 20 years from now, what, what, what could take place. But, uh, but no, if you walk into any retail, any, any, fine purveyor of tobacco, you will see all the brands that, that we manufacture and we distribute and we sell, you know, Glory Cubana, Hoya de Monterey, uh, uh, Cohiba, uh, El Rico Habano. I mean, Sancho Panza, Los Estados Deluxe. Right. So if anybody out there is, is, is misguided thinking that, that somehow those, those cigars are, are, are being threatened or that we're having to maneuver in a way because we feel like we're losing them. Uh, I, I would say that that's uh, that's a misguided opinion. Right, right. Well, very. Thank you sure. for sharing that with us, Justin. I mean, it's um, it's certainly one of those topics that I think it's to kind of discussed in the background sometimes. And, and to your point, yeah. I mean, this has been a little bit more relevant because it's it's not really something that's really been covered like that before. And now all of a sudden, because it's out there, and everyone's talking about it and thinking about it, and. Um, you know, yeah, so. I mean, I, th- I think it was probably in Halfwell's perspective, it was newsworthy, um, and 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 it is, and so I think that's just is, has created the conversation. But again, we've uh, this is nothing new to us, so for sure. I kind of have a, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this. Uh, obviously, last year with the acquisition, uh, Room One Hundred One was still at PCA. Um, this is still far away from PCA. Are we expecting to still see Alec Bradley at PCA this year um, or not? I don't know if you can answer it, but. that That's a good question. And uh, no, I do not have an answer to that. So, okay. uh, so yeah, so, so we, we will, uh, we will wait and see, but, but definitely uh, a, a, a good question. Uh, acquiring Boofy last year did, did, uh, did give us uh, an opportunity to, you know, for some of us to be there, um, which again, outside of, of company dynamics and things like that on a personal level, you know, again, there's a lot of us that have been doing this a long time that due to our travel schedules, you know, we only get to see each other a few times a year. Um, so it's, so just like TPE or, or Big Smoke or Pro Cigar or our Puro Sabor, it's, it's always nice to see everyone. But but yeah, no, at this time, I, I have no idea. Your, your guess is probably as good as mine. All right, that's fair. 
Justin, has there been any? Um, I I I know that I know that this is probably something that gets asked a lot, but um, I guess for the sake of a current update, has there been any other constructive conversation with PCA over you know coming back to the trade show? Um, is is your return to the trade show as a company? Uh, is it is it is it just on you guys, or is it kind of one of those things where you and some of the other bigger players kind of banded together, um, as, you know, as some people may say or suggest? Uh, what what kind of what what do those conversations look like today? I was uh, I was told that there would only be softball questions uh, during this show. You know, <laughs> what is my favorite? Uh, bourbon to pair with my cigar. How long have I been in the industry? Uh, you know, I'm sorry, we, like we we just kind of went down this. <laughs> we went down this rabbit hole. I don't uh, know. No, no, these, no. These are like I, like I told you guys. It's no. These are these are very fair questions and and, and good questions. Um, that being said, there's a lot of people that get paid a lot more money than I do to to answer those questions and and make those decisions. So. I, uh, I may control an overwhelming majority of, of cigars that come out of all three of our factories. And that's kind of my, my lane of expertise there. But as far as uh, discussions between SDG and PCA and, and, and who else, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not the, not the guy to ask. I've, I've, I've certainly been thrown into conversations unwillingly by some of my friends uh, that I make cigars for. When given the opportunity, they love to sit me down, you know, to, to throw me into a position where where I'm meeting with their attorneys or, or, or you know, their leadership. That's that's a part of those things. But uh, but no, I mean, yeah, the best I can say is we'll see. But uh, certainly I'm, uh, I'm if there is a room where those decisions are made, um, I'm I'm outside getting everyone coffee. That's that's pretty much the way that works. Okay. All right. That's that's, yeah, that's very fair. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'll blame Mitchell because he kind of he kind of brought it up first with the with the thing before, and so then I just kind of hey, jumped on it. But you know, but, but it is it is a good question. I mean, we yeah. the TPE people were asking, so so again, yeah. we and, and 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 we're aggressive, obviously, through the acquisitions. So I think I think that's fair. Um, but no, uh, you guys probably know as much as I do about that subject. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, let's change gears a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about tobacco and blending. Uh, Justin, you've been making and blending a lot of cigars at STG uh, for a lot of the brands over there. Um, I, for for those who don't know, how how long have you actually been in blending and working with the tobacco with the tobaccos? Um, you know, on on all these cigars. So I started with with STG in 2015, um, and and prior to that. Uh, me and Lou Rodriguez started a company called Lou Rodriguez Cigars, a boutique cigar company out of North Carolina back in 2009, which I say was about a year or two before the boutique kind of boom happened. Okay. Um, we started the same year as, as Roma Craft and a, and a few others. Um, so, yeah. So when I got hired by SDG, by Michael Giannini, um, they, uh, they didn't even have a title for me. I was just the tobacco guy. And uh, Michael uh, came up with some, you know, he had all, my, I had so many different business cards. It was hilarious. It was brand consigliere, uh, brand czar. Uh, I think I had one that said tobacco Moses on it. <laughs> so, uh, 
And, and this is this is the truth. I mean, uh, Michael, basically, I, I went to Richmond, I interviewed and uh, Michael told me, said, listen, I need somebody here that that understands tobacco, that understands how the factories work, that that has, you know, kind of your pedigree. And uh, and they offered me the job the same day. And I took uh, I think I took the weekend to think about it and and accepted the following Monday. So, yes. Yeah, so I've been. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's the reason I was hired and, and it's been, uh, I, I guess the reason that I'm still here and I'm still hired. I think, I think I've been, I think Regis, our president has, has fired me probably more than 20 times or so, uh, just, <laughs> just, just based on, on my, my charming personality and, and the fact that I, that, that I don't speak up that often. Um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so no, so I've been doing this a long time now. And it's funny, uh, you know, people don't realize how old I am, I guess, which is which is a good thing. How old but, are you? Uh, I just turned 38 years old a few weeks ago. Damn, uh, really? So cigars, cigars keep you young. As, as looking my friend. good, looking good. That's like, do you, know, do you know Matt Ty from How About That Cigar? I sure do. Like We, we were talking about this last GT. I'm like, dude, you do not strike me as like, is he 51, I think now? Uh, 51, so, yeah. 52. And I'm like, dude, like you honestly, like you, you could fool me for like a good 30, 36, 37. And he's like, I know I definitely don't feel it though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's, and I mean, this, this industry takes a toll on you. I mean, me and me and Matt talk about our, our kind of battle wounds all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique, but yeah, imagine, uh, imagine, I mean, God, 10 years ago, uh, Right before I started with SDG, I'm out hosting events and talking about blending, and, and people are looking down at their boots, thinking, "Man, my boots are older than this kid." So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's been uh, it's been fun, but yeah, it's, it's all I've ever done in my adult life. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm qualified to do anything else at this point. Yeah, you're stuck with it now. This is this is the road that you're on. Um, I, I was I was telling Boofy a few weeks ago. I was like, "What the hell are we doing?" And he said, bro, we're too far in. Like, it, it's kind of like, I'm sure you guys have seen the, the image on Instagram where the guy's digging through the tunnel and he's like almost at the end of the out the other side of the tunnel and yeah. he turns back around. I'm like, at this point, it, we're too we're too far in. We're too deep. Oh, yeah. the, like turning around now, what would we do? <laughs> I know. You're going down with the ship if it ever goes down, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's true. That's, That's true. So, true. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, I know you've been working a lot on, uh, we talked a little bit about this before the show. You, you, you've been involved in some of the flavored and infused products that General's released um, recently. Uh, last was it? Yeah, it was last year we saw the release of the the flavor, the FLVR uh, cigars. Which I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen around a lot. Are, are those in circulation at this point? They are. the The issue is we keep selling out, so we really? can't uh, we we can't make them fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. It's yeah, a good they've been have. Uh, they've been wildly successful, um, which is which has been great. Um, and you know, we I, we had some fun with the names, um, and and obviously you kind of have to discover what the flavor is with the name. You know, we've got one of the brands is is Fist Pump. We've got Yacht Rock. We've got Ski Chalet, uh, which uh, which you know, thankfully for me. They've been selling out because if, if they hadn't, I would have I would have probably SDG gives me enough rope to kind of hang myself 
when it comes with this stuff. So ah. as long as I'm as long as I'm performing, it's good. If 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 something doesn't sell, God help me. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So it's been it's a fun project. And again, flavored cigars are nothing new uh, to this industry. I mean, I, I remember smoking a Java, uh, Jesus, you know, almost twenty years ago now. At this point, so uh, so yeah, so we're uh, we're happy with 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 these products for sure. Now I know it's I know it's hard to pick, but what would you say your favorite uh, flavor is? You know, I uh, I smoked more flavored cigars while developing those brands than than I probably ever have, and uh, we've got one that that's like a birthday cake flavor, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but you know, the, the spectrum is, is, is it's so interesting, right? So I can, if I have a conversation with someone and, and I find out the food you like to eat, the wine you like to drink, or even the non-alcoholic beverage you like to drink, I can pretty much tell you what, what, what cigars you like and, and even go to what country they come from with flavors, man, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, people. Some people like the, the bourbon and vanilla. Some people like, you know, the the Irish cream. Some people like cherry. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of the wild, wild west when it comes to what people like from a from a flavor profile. And Justin, do you have any uh, interesting pairings that you've come up with with those cigars with with certain like drinks or whatever? I will tell you this. Like I said, I, uh, I've, I've never been a big flavor smoker. And after those products went to market, I don't think I've smoked a single one since then. So for me, <laughs> my, my idea, my idea of a pairing is, is a, is a really full flavored Connecticut and a cup of black coffee or, or a, you know, like tonight after dinner, a, a, a good strong Nicaraguan cigar and a, and a whiskey neat. So yeah, I, I'm not necessarily out there going, what can I pair with this birthday cake? You know, that's, that's not uh, not my cup of tea. It's also the same thing. I make a a, a crazy amount of seven seventies and six sixties, and uh, it, it takes a lot for me to to smoke those as well. So. Now, in terms of the design, I you know I really like that kind of retro future look. Um, was that all? Was that you? Was it kind of a team basis? Was there a bit of like collaboration there? But um, cause yeah, I think it's like, it's super clean. It kind of, it, it draws you in and intrigues you. And I'm sure like each kind of color relates to the flavor palette that you possibly might experience, right? Like, yeah. So it's a great question. So I got to give a, a shout out to, uh, to, to Ed Lehman, who is, he's the senior brand manager for the flavored brand. He also is, uh, has been the manager of CAO uh since i think we acquired it back in 2011 super creative guy um tobacco nerd like myself so yeah so he, he him and his team uh developed all the packaging uh all of the all of the, kind of the the names and the and the cool copy um i was just i was just responsible for the uh for the cigars themselves nice. now <clears throat> justin one of the things that um, I, I, several of us have been curious about was, uh, and I, and I know nothing's set now, so it, I guess it doesn't stop anyone from doing anything, but you know, there's been an increasing, uh, and it's such an increased risk of the banning of flavored cigars, uh, in the U S and specifically in certain states have already done it. 
um, to see a company continue to come out with, you know, new flavored options. Is this, is this, um, what's the strategy there? I, I think is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, if you, if you look at from a local kind of legislative, uh, view flavored cigars are the low hanging fruit, right? Right. Uh, for, for just about anything when it comes to, uh, any, any form of, of combustible uh, tobacco uh, or nicotine for that matter. So I, so I think that's, that's a constant uh, threat or challenge, how, however you look at it. But for us, you know, there's, there's a lot of states out there where it's perfectly legal to sell a flavored cigar. Um, and, and there's a lot of companies that produce and sell flavored cigars um, outside of us. I think we get a little more attention just because of our size and and our distribution. Um, but again, I mean, like I said, I, I, Java's there's a, there's a lot of flavored cigars that have been out there for for a, for a long, long time. time. Yeah. And and I think you know again, I, I I don't speak for anybody else, but I think uh, if there's a demand for them and it's legal to sell, uh, we're going to continue to sell them. And and yeah, I think they're. You, you'll, I don't know if it's a trend. I, I think you can, uh, you can kind of see the states that, that do ban flavored cigars. Uh, I mean, I, I saw a thing the other day with California where they're trying to ban, basically, if you were born after 2003 or 2004. Yeah. 2007. 2007. Yeah, I wonder where they came up with that, that year. Um, it, it, you know, anything after that, you can't even buy tobacco. So, so again, I think, yeah, I, I think they'll there'll always be a, a risk there. Um, but again, like I said, we, it, it's, it's legal in a majority of the states and uh, we're going to continue to sell it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, till it, till they tell you, no, keep going. Right. Yeah. Well, I think too, I think too, you know, and again, I don't think there's, I, you know, I defend this industry. I defend the right to smoke cigars. I, I think as, as much as anyone and, just like as you guys can tell, like I said, this is all. This is the only thing I've ever done uh, in my adult life outside of baseball to earn a living. So I'm passionate about premium hand rolled cigars, and uh, and and so I, I I think in my experience, and I think to most people's experience, a lot of people started smoking cigars. Flavor, you know, a flavored cigar was their kind of intro into smoking premium cigars. So again, I, I, I don't look at it in a negative way in that we're somehow diluting the experience of, of smoking cigars. Most of the people that I, that I talk to uh, in one way or another have an experience of smoking a, a, you know, a groovy blue or a Java or a, a acid Cuba Cuba, you know, and then they, their palate kind of progressed and they moved into more of the brands that, that we smoke today. So I, I think uh, there'd be a lot less people smoking cigars today had flavors not been an option a hundred percent yeah i mean it's definitely a, a huge part of the market i mean there's you know you mentioned drew estate acid i mean that's obviously another a, an industry leading uh cigar in that category uh the javas have been around a long time uh oliva's nubs that have several flavors as well i mean there's 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 a there's a lot of them out there and you're right it's not just you guys there's, there's a lot of companies who manufacture them and it is. It is. It is a huge part of the market share when you look at you know what sells in in the in the cigar space. 
Um, so of course, it, and it's a, it's still an important part of the market because of that. So, uh, well, def- and I and I can I can tell you even just from our retailers. I mean, there's retailers that have have guys that come in every Saturday at ten o'clock, and they buy their box of flavored cigars and they leave. They're not the guys as you know as as, as we say lounge lizards. They're not the guys on on the forums. They're not the guys sitting in the lounge for eight hours smoking cigars, but to, to, I, I think there's a lot of our retail partners out there that, you know, a lot of these flavored cigars have kept their doors open or at least brought in, you know, new people to the store. And, and, but again, those are the guys that aren't necessarily the most vocal about what they're smoking. Uh, they're the guys that are the grab and go guys, which are, you know, incredibly important to our industry. And, and it's so interesting you say that because I think a lot of, I think the a majority of the cigar consumers out there are the the silent grab and go, uh, and it's funny because you talk to a lot of manufacturers, and when you're a cigar when you're cigar geeks like us who this is what we do every day and you know we smoke all sorts of different shit, but you ask the manufacturers and the retailers like hey what's your number one selling cigar, and a majority of them will tell you it's a Connecticut Shade, and I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with someone. And a third person is like, really, Connecticut Shade? Overall, like the you know the Maduro, Connecticut Shade. That's the, you know, I know, Perdomo will tell you it, it's his. I think it's his uh, his Champagne Connecticut is the number one seller. Uh, I'm pretty sure David Garofalo has said that their number one seller is the uh, the Dos Ombres, their house brand, the Connecticut Shade. That's their number one seller. Um, so and it, it's interesting because it, it's it's again it's one of those things where it's that silent majority of guys who come in and they, they buy that bundle for forty nine ninety nine every week. And, you know, and then they leave, like you said, and they're not, you know, in the lounge, but, but those sales account for so much. Uh, and again, it's the same with the flavored stuff too. There, there's so many people buying flavored cigars by the box, not just onesie twosies. I mean, they're buying boxes of it at a time and they take it and go. And you know, at the end of the day, the retailers, you know, when they when they add it all up, you know, those are the cigars that sell the most. It's not always the the limited editions or the or the deep Maduros and the strong cigars. It's quite honestly, it's a lot of Connecticut shade and flavored cigars that, that make up the majority of the sales. I, I I could I couldn't agree more. You know, oftentimes those of us that that do this on a daily basis, we get in a little bit of an echo chamber, right? Because we have access to to cigars and and whether that's you know a, a super strong Nicaraguan cigar whether that's a whatever flavor profile you want from Honduras Dominican Republic but we you know we would be remiss if, if we didn't think about all the people that do smoke those you know sub ten dollar cigars those shade cigars those kind of five dollar bangers which you know our five dollar cigars are getting few and far between now yeah with, uh, with with everything now with the price of gas and eggs and you name it. But one of the, I would say one of the most eye-opening things for me coming from a family-owned boutique cigar company that had distribution in about 300 accounts. We had one factory. All of our cigars came from Nicaragua. One of the most eye-opening things for me is once I came to work for SDG was to see these brands like Macanudo, like Punch, like Partigas, like La Gloria Cubana, where not necessarily the the most vocal and the and the loudest people in the room, but man, it, I mean, yeah, I would have uh, I would have given my right leg back in my Lou Rodriguez days to have one month of sales 
from those brands compared to what we sold, you know, in multiple years. So again, if you look at our historic brands, I mean, even if you look at a, a brand like Rocky, his 9092 vintage Connecticut shades, if you look at, you know, Ashton cabinet, if you look at a lot of these shade cigars, I mean, that's really what our industry was built upon. And again, those are the guys that, uh, that maybe don't tune into a show like this or, or read half will, but those are the guys that are buying boxes every week, you yeah. know, multiple cigars. Those are the guys that are smoking daily and they like what they like and, and, and whether it's flavored or shade. And, and I think it's, uh, and again, I, I, I'm not standing on, on a, on a pedestal here looking down on, on anything, but it's just more of an awareness aspect to me. And, and I had no clue how many of those cigars were sold on a daily basis and, and how much those consumers mean to our retailers when, when those are the guys that are like clockwork. I mean, the guy that's coming in buying his Excalibur number twos every Thursday. I mean, those are the guys that these retailers really rely upon. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. And this is a, I'm glad we really got into this topic because I feel like this is a topic that doesn't really get covered a lot, but it, it, it kind of holds a lot of importance because of how true it is and just how important those buyers are, you know, that come into the retailers, like you said. Um, and it's true. And, and this, and this is a, a all very true stuff. Um, and you're right. We, we often get, you know, kind of caught up in a lot of the other cigars that we know. Um, but there's a, there's a majority out there that it's, that's just not on their radar. They, they have their, their classics and, and they stick with them. And God bless them too, because I mean, I, I think, like you said, I mean, those are the those are the consumers that keep a lot of these retailers open. Um, well, and it, and <laughs> and it's not just our it's not just our industry. I mean, if you, you we were talking about wild turkey earlier, I can chase yeah. the the Masters Keep, and you can chase you know the the Russell Reserve. There's a lot of guys out there buying wild turkey 101. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are buying Beam White Label. Uh, and, and yeah. I mean, so much so that those guys and, and their purchasing of those products allow companies to do the cool, creative stuff. You know, they allow bookers to do their small batch stuff. They allow me to do diesel Sunday gravy or a thousand box run of a TAA exclusive. The reason I can do that is because, you know, all across this country, somebody's buying La Gloria Cubana white box, you know, all across this country, somebody's buying a box of Mac Macanudo cafe. Um, so yeah, so it, it's, it's, there's a really cool symmetry between the mass market and those well-known brands that, and then also more of the, uh, boutique driven kind of discoverable stuff, which, which again, I'm a cigar guy. So, so I, I love finding, you know, a, a, a regional exclusive or, going somewhere that it's a shop exclusive. I mean, I, I love that stuff, but thank God for the guy who's buying beam white label and, and Mac cafe and, and punch grand crew. Absolutely. Sure. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned diesel, you mentioned your Sunday gravy. Um, diesel is one of those brands that I, I feel, I feel like it's one of those brands that you kind of use to, to have a lot of fun with you. You, you had some interesting projects with that brand, um, you, you've done TAAs, you've done limited stuff. Is there's some core products to that brand? Uh, t talk a little bit about what it's been like working on that brand and building that brand and, and doing some of these fun projects. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about kind of the, the, the maturation of the brand and, and the migration from an internet catalog exclusive to now uh, a, a, a mainstream brand. So one of, the, one of the misconceptions of this brand, because CI held it and sold it direct to consumer was, was quality, right? Every diesel cigar uh, since 2009 has come from Tabaculera AJ Fernandez. Obviously, selling direct to consumer, uh, it's, it's a little more uh, uh, less expensive, right? And and but the quality has always been there. When in 2017, when when our executive board came to me and said, "Hey, uh, we want you to take over this brand and launch it uh, globally," I uh, I was a little hesitant at first because in in as kind of a, someone who appreciates the history of, of this, of this industry, I've never known a brand to go from internet catalog to brick and mortar retail. I've only known it, you know, the, uh, the inverse of that, you build a brand big enough at, at brick and mortar that it becomes viable at catalog and internet. So, so I said, well, there's two things going on here. Either this, this company really believes in me and believes in my ability, or they're really trying to find a, a creative way to get me fired. Like that, there's that, those, those, those were my thoughts. And, and when I expressed those thoughts to, uh, to my dear friend and the president of our company, Regis Brosma, he said, uh, well, I'm glad you, you know, I appreciate your perspective, but, uh, you're doing it regardless of, of your feelings. So that being said, <laughs> that was him I, saying both options are open. It's up to you to see yeah, what happens. No, yeah. He was kind of like, Hey, if you make it, make it the way I read it, it was like, Hey, if it's successful, good, if not. Maybe you're right. Um, so no, I mean, it, when you talk about a challenge, guys, I'm telling you, I mean, and and again, I I know what it's like to be in a warehouse in a, in, in Greenville, North Carolina, packing the cigars, applying the cellophane to bundles, working on payroll, working with UPS. I mean, I I know everything about this part of the process of trying to build something from nothing. What I had no uh, awareness of or experience in was taking a brand that had diehard consumers of that brand, but trying to go to a retailer and say, hey, Mr. Retailer, I know you're this cigars, you know, been purchased online, but now we're giving you an opportunity to carry it. And one of the first things that I did uh, was I, I, I wanted to create ownership through innovation, right? Right. So instead of migrating the the brands that were already successful, that in a retailer's mind would have baggage, right? So if you're a sales rep yeah. and you show up to a retailer and you've got a price list and then they're looking on CI or they're looking at whatever and they see Diesel Rage or Unholy Cocktail at a price that, that they can't sell it for, that's a challenge. What I was so pleased to find out when we would go to these retailers, they would say, hey, I'm happy that I now have a chance to buy this product because I can't tell you how many times people come in going, do you have diesel wicked? Do you have diesel rage? Do you have, and I don't have it. So it was really eye-opening to me that retailers were like, we just want to have an opportunity to sell these products. And what we did is create this price protection policy to where I wanted to create a level playing field. What I, what I wanted to avoid was any of my you know 20 plus reps across the united states going into account and a retailer not feeling 
that he could make the same margin and sell the cigar at the same price. And, and by doing that, we created all these new brands, Whiskey Row, Whiskey Row Sherry Cask, Esteli Puro, Diesel Grind, uh, so on and so forth. So yeah, so the, the DNA of Diesel is, is unlike any other brand in this industry. But if you talk about a short five years ago, this brand being sold direct from catalog to consumer to now me creating a cigar for the top 68 accounts in our category for TAA, that's quite an accomplishment for this brand. Not an accomplishment for me but to have these retailers approach us and go, hey, we'd really like a TAA exclusive from Diesel. To me, that kind of just, just proved that this is a viable brand and we've got customers out there that really enjoy what we're doing. So it's been, you know, thankfully for me, I'm still here. So, so it must've gone okay. Um, <laughs> but it's been, we've created some cool stuff. I mean, I've, I've been working with AJ for over a decade now. Uh, we, we, we fuss and fight like brothers. Um, but uh, I, I just, I can't think of, of, of a better situation to have someone like him producing the cigars and then ultimately looking back again, going from a catalog brand to TA exclusive is is something that I, I there's no way I would have imagined that back in 2017. Yeah, it's pretty good that, you know, you guys kind of came out with that uh, price protection model. I think that was that's probably a huge important thing. I hear a lot of brick and mortars talking about that. And whenever they are looking at, you know, bringing in brands that that's a very important thing that, you know, like you said, can you play on a on an even playing field because they they are at a disadvantage of being so regionally uh, secluded, right? So that's uh, that's pretty huge. Yeah, and I think, you know, time, we evolve just like any other category, right? So I think the days of, hey, we don't like the fact that your cigars are sold online, I think those days are gone. I think what what most retailers have explained to me over the years is, hey, I don't want to have to actively sell your brand. Like, I don't want to have to, you know, take every single person in the humidor and introduce your brand to them. What Diesel was fortunate to have was that brand awareness, right? I, I mean, I remember being in the state of California and showing a retailer on my iPad, you know, I've got X amount of million of people that are buying this cigar in your state. Now, they live 20 minutes from you. I'd rather them come and buy it from you. And now you have an opportunity to sell that. So I think it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, right? There's awareness through internet catalog, and they also have an opportunity to buy these cigars at their local brick and mortar, which has been, which has been a win-win. And, and again, I haven't, um, unless one of my reps sees this and tells me otherwise, I haven't heard of an example in the last five years where a retailer has been, been unhappy about a price on, on our cigar. I, I feel like my goal when someone buys one of our diesel cigars is, they leave that that transaction feeling like they got a really good cigar for for the price. Definitely, you know, you guys you guys have a pretty deep catalog at this point with the whole uh, diesel branding. Kind of talking about before, you know, Connecticut Shades being, you know, the most popular in a lot of brands. Uh, diesel not having a ton of connection. I think you guys might have one, maybe two at the most. Um, what what do you find kind of sells the best in the brand? so far um, moving to brick and mortar um, you know is it, is it something that really like one brand kind of stands above the rest in terms of numbers or is it again like more of a regional thing like you know over here this sells really 
well brick and mortar on the east this sells really brick and mortar on the west and this sells really well online do you find that there's any trend that way there some of the some so really good questions some of the historical brands that have been around for a long time sell really really well online and we've never touched those right so for example uh my guys don't sell diesel unlimited they don't sell rage they don't sell uncut those are c those are ci brands and they live in that space for us at brick and mortar uh thankfully for me some of the launches i've had like diesel whiskey road is just a a, a horse in our lineup i mean everybody yeah. uh it, it's distributed all across the the U.S. and Canada and internationally, people love that. And yeah, there's certain states, you know, that that like with anything, there's a there's a heat map, and, and typically it follows the same thing with spirits. You know, you've got your your New York, PA, Florida, Texas, California states that that move a lot of cigars, not just not just diesel. But what we found is that um, our guys are 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 promiscuous, right? So so the diesel guys. They, they are the guys that smoke a lot of Nicaraguan-based boutique cigars. Uh, they have their rotation, but they'll try new cigars a lot, which is, which is, which is fine. Um, but what, what we've also found is they really geek out on limited editions. And with anybody, they... Uh-oh. It was going so well. I think... I think we lost him now. For, Damn it! For real. Now, now he's frozen. He <laughs> thought he was frozen before, and he was fine. And we lost him. Maybe his laptop died. Maybe. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully his internet's fine. Oh, here he comes. There he is. So, I've so clearly I've still got some kinks to work out in this new house with my. Uh, my, maybe I need some Wi-Fi boosters here in my uh, my cigar room. The Wi-Fi extender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah that, no, absolutely. That might definitely be on the list. <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, uh, and again, I don't know where I, where I cut out, but our the, here's the I guess the the and as you guys can tell, I'm long winded. The biggest thing that I've learned through guys who like diesel is they're not all about the frills. They're not about the packaging. They're about the, the biggest bang for their buck, right? And and I've, I've, I've pushed that a little bit. I've created some cool things like Fool's Aaron, uh, which is a new limited edition that's launching in a few days that I launched last year. Um, so again, I, I think I think they are the they are the guys that go to the lounge that that like what you know Saka's doing or what Manilo's doing or what Pete's doing, and and I think for me. The biggest thing that I've tried to keep in mind is to protect this brand and to realize that this brand is not Partagas. It's not Punch. It's not Macanudo. And prior to acquiring Room 101, it was the most unique brand in our portfolio. And and to your other question, the reason I haven't done flavored diesel or shade diesel is because, again, we have a lot of flavored cigars. We have a lot of shade cigars. We have a lot of that. Diesel is its own kind of unique individual there that really likes Nicaraguan forward bold cigars. And thankfully we've been, uh, we've been successful in that. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys have done a great job with that brand as well as me, all of your brands, but you know, the, like kind of started off saying the diesel brand has really grown. Uh, it's really transformed and it's really taken on a, a strong self identity. Um, and it's been, it's been great to watch it grow. 
Um, last year, we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, one of the last things I wanted to bring up before I let you go, Justin. Last, uh, sorry, last year we saw a lot of uh, we saw a lot of releases from STG. I mean, it seemed like we were getting PRs every other week. Um, do you guys uh, can we expect to see a, another long release season this year, or are you guys kind of dialing it back? Well, so last year was kind of like the perfect storm, right? So we had this we had this little cigar boom during COVID where, you know, a lot of people didn't have inventory, factories were being shut down, and if you could make it, it would sell, right? We launched this new uh, distribution company, Forge, um, which again, Forge shares resources, just like General Cigar, but they distribute brands, just like General Cigar. So we, we have, you know, we had some of these legacy brands that were migrated over to Forge. We launched new brands like Sancho Panza, uh, or refreshed it rather. I introduced a, a, a dormant brand, Los Tados Deluxe. I also migrated El Rey de Mundo from an internet catalog exclusive to a brick and mortar brand. I also migrated Boulevard Cofredia and Boulevard. So we had a lot of, uh, a lot of brands that were being reactivated for this new distribution company, which is Forge. So naturally we launched a lot of stuff and and a lot of things were not necessarily brand new launches but we're reintroducing brands that otherwise didn't have the right attention paid to them right so if you think about a general cigar rep and 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 let's say you know matt that you that you're a retailer i've got one rep going to one retailer trying to sell 32 brands by the time you get to page 32 in your sales book you know it, odds are the money's already been spent right so with Forge kind of revitalizing and reintroducing these new brands, it created new launches. That being said, I don't foresee a situation where we launch 59 new items again. We are in the business of selling cigars and, and people are always asking what's new. But I did have, uh, you know, well, it's 23 now. So in 21, I did have a little bit of a heart attack when I saw the amount of cigars we were launching and the amount that fell under my responsibility, which was, uh, which was over 40%. So I was like, man, some, you know, this is going to be a busy year for, for me or for us or for, you know, whatever we can do. So no, so we, uh, we've got a lot of brands. We will continue to launch stuff. Um, but I think last year was a, was a little bit of an anomaly uh, with, with introducing Forge and also reintroducing some new brands. Absolutely. Now, and you guys did a great job with it, and you, you certainly capitalized on um, awareness as a brand and as a company, um, and stayed very relevant because of that too. Those, and it wasn't just that you guys put a lot of stuff out; you put a lot of different stuff out too. So it wasn't like you were putting out the same cigars every time with a different band. I mean, it was, you know, we talked about the flavor. You talked, you did a lot with Diesel. You brought some brands back. It was very, very diversified, which also helps. Uh, whenever you're, you're, you know, you're releasing stuff in, you know, high qualities, like high quantities like that. Um, well, and we also, we're also in a unique position of having three very large factories, right? So mm -hmm. if, 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 if you dig a little deeper and you look at some of the launches, you know, we have stuff coming from Honduras, from our Hatsa factory, which, you know, that factory had been making cigars for Matt Booth a long time before uh, the acquisition ever happened. We've got uh, General Cigar Dominicana, which has some amazing brands there as well. 
and then we also have SDGS delete. So it was a lot of, uh, I'm not going to argue the fact that it was, it was a lot of launches, but there's not a lot of companies that are in our position that have three really well run large factories that can produce a lot of cigars. So uh, logistically, logistically, it wasn't that difficult. And again, a lot of our, like diesel is known, uh, you know, for a Nicaraguan uh, brand coming out of Tabacular, AJ Fernandez. El Rey de Mundo is known for coming out of our Honduran factory, Hatsa. Same thing with Sancho Panza. So yeah, it was a lot, but if you dig into it, they were coming from different factories at different times. So it was definitely manageable for us. Absolutely. Well, you guys have done an incredible job the last couple of years. Uh, you've acquired some brands. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that the acquisitions will continue in, in years to come. Um, I know that you probably have no idea, whatever. You, I'm not going to ask you, but uh, you guys have just seemed like you know in the last five or six years you've you've done some you've done some interesting deals, and I, I, I anticipate that uh, to continue, you know, as as time rolls forward. So, um, just hats off to you guys, you know, staying really uh, productive and busy with your, just your blends and your business and just everything all around. Uh, it, it's certainly uh, it's a good thing. It's really it's it's really good to see. No, thank thank you for that. And I and I will say again, you know, it's it's easy to uh, to kind of punch up a little bit. And we we are the you know as we say the undisputed global leader of premium handmade cigars. But if uh, if anybody's ever been to one of our factories and met our people and and seen the the, the passion that we put into the craft of making cigars. Like we, we're a big company, but we're certainly not mass market by any means or compared to any other category. So again, everything is, uh, is, is purposely built. And, and again, there's, there's, there's pairs of bunchers and rollers in, in all of our countries that take a lot of pride in what they do and in, in the cigars that are delivered. Uh, they may not be the sexiest when it comes to, you know, a, a chatter on a, on a Reddit link, but uh, but but nevertheless, there's there's no uh, shortage of, of passion and pride that goes into every cigar that comes out of our factories. Absolutely. Very well said. Well, Justin, sure. uh, I just want to thank you for being here with us tonight. I know you're super busy and I know you got a lot of places to be. So thank you for finding the time to come on with us. We, we, we really appreciate it. It's, this has been a great conversation, um, very insightful. And I know that we've learned a lot from you. Uh, so thank you for that. And, um, you know look forward to having you on again but bef but before we let you go is there anything else that you wanted to say or uh or kind of plug that we didn't cover before we wrap up the show i uh, know i mean thank you guys for having me i still get geeked out that people care to to listen to what i have to say like i said <laughs> it's been this has been an incredible journey and and i've certainly uh benefited more uh from from doing what i do i'm i'm sure than uh than people that that smoke my cigar so i'm just I'm, I'm humbled, uh, you know, that people still care to, to invite me on their show. So any guys, anytime you guys want me, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, and again, we've got, uh, we've got a lot coming out. We're just kind of getting started into this year. Um, I've been, I, I, this is, uh, this is the first week I've had home, uh, in six weeks. So, uh, so for me, this is kind of like January one for me even though it's March one, yeah, uh, which is, uh, and, and I'm sure I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be July one. So my years kind of blow by now, but, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, would, wouldn't have it any other way 
but uh, but no thank you guys for the support uh, appreciate it and and i think uh i think you guys do so much for our industry and when i say you guys i mean collectively people that that you know you guys and cigar coop and and all the other guys that have these shows because it gives us a platform to talk about what we're passionate about but also you know for those guys that that do want to learn a little bit more about the industry and the faces uh behind these brands and the people so we i i would like to give you guys some credit there and and, and say that you're you're a big uh, part of what we do and and getting the message out there and and ultimately i think no matter what company you're a part of or how many cigars you make we we all want the same goal we want people to to smoke cigars have a have a really enjoyable experience and and hopefully we we add a little bit of joy and and a little you know moment of solitude for these people that spend their hard-earned dollars on our cigars so that that definitely doesn't uh doesn't pass us by like we understand that that especially given these days with the price of everything going up that if you if you spend ten dollars on a cigar we uh we want you to enjoy it so no thank you guys for having me absolutely thank you and thank you thank you and thank you for the kind words, Justin. You know, it's uh, we love it too. You know, and uh, we we don't we don't get to work with tobacco, but uh, like you do. But you know, we, this is this is our niche, and this is what we love. So uh, we love we love being here. So so thank you for that too. Um, but that's gonna do it for our show this week, guys. Um, finally back from TPE. Right, we touched on a little bit. We'll cover more of it on Saturday night with the spare note show with William Cooper. I don't think Mitchell will be there for that one, but. We will see, but William Cooper and I should the scoop. Okay. That's right. That's right. So Cooper and I should be back on Saturday night for the spare notes. We'll talk about his trip to Pro Cigar, where he lived like a king, apparently, from all the photos that I saw. Uh, we'll talk about TPE, as well as I think we're finally going to get to some of our end of the year stuff because we need to we need to hit it and move on because uh, it's getting kind of late. But I told Coop we'd wait. So uh, we got an action-packed show for you on Saturday night. Justin, thank you for being here with us. Also, we are only weeks away from the beginning of our Cigar Family Charitable Foundation uh, fundraiser that we do now. This is our third year. Uh, last year, the total was 51000 So uh, there, I'm not saying that there's a goal in mind, but that's definitely a number to beat if there is any. So... Uh, more and more stuff's being added uh, by the day, uh, and certainly even after we launch, there'll be stuff added. So keep an eye out for the website. It's on smokingtobacco.com on the bar at the top on the navigation bar. You can look for a CFCF fundraiser, and it'll bring you to – you can see last year's, but you can also go to this year's as well, and you can see everything. And uh, we go live on March 17th at 9 a.m., and as I said before, if I can finalize the last couple of people that – I just need to finalize with and I'm feeling good. I may turn it on a little bit earlier and kind of get people going. So we'll see. Uh, but we are only a few weeks away from that. So stay tuned. We're very excited, very proud. Um, that's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, take care, everybody. Good night. Stay smoky. And we'll see you on Saturday night. See you later. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.